There are some things that we know are bad, but we may not have a full understanding about why they're bad. Our knowledge about the subjects may be superficial. For example, maybe your house is not staying cool in these hot summer days, and so you call Yancey to come have a look, and he goes in, looks at your air conditioner, and he comes back and tells you your air conditioner is low on refrigerant. Well, you might know, well, that sounds bad. Do you really understand all about an air conditioner and how that works and why being low on refrigerant is bad? And do you know how much that's going to cost you? Is Yancey going to take his family out to eat after he leaves your house or are they going to go on a big vacation? Which one's it going to be? Or maybe your car's not running good and you take it to a mechanic and he says you've got a bad torque converter. That sounds bad. But do you know what a torque converter is? Do you know why having a bad torque converter is a really bad thing? Well, maybe not. Your knowledge of the subjects might be superficial. And I'm afraid the same is true when it comes to spiritual things. We know things sound bad. We know that we don't want to be guilty of them, but our knowledge of them is sort of superficial. We don't really know why they're bad and to what extent we want to avoid them. One of those subjects, I think, is the subject of pride. We all know that pride is bad. We know that we don't want to be guilty of of pride. But do we know how bad it really is? Do we know why it's so bad and why it's such a curse to our lives? We know passages like Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 by heart. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We know that one from by memory, don't we? But we, do we know why pride goes before destruction? You may have been like me. And you may be thinking that, well... That pride going before destruction, that's talking about those silly mistakes that people make. We've all heard about the rednecks' famous last words, hey, watch this. And maybe that's what he's talking about. talking about people that are just sort of don't know what they're doing. And they make stupid mistakes. That's why pride goes before destruction, because they make stupid mistakes. Or maybe pride goes before destruction because it clouds our judgment. You know, our ego gets in our way. We're like the guy who thinks he can fix anything in the house and he burns the whole house down while he's trying to fix the light switch. Our ego gets in our way. It clouds our judgment. We overestimate our abilities. Well, that's some of it. That's some of the way that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall, but that's just a small portion of it. In James chapter 4, verse 6, we see the picture is much worse. James chapter 4, verse 6, Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud but giveth grace to the humble. God resists the proud. Pride goes before destruction, not just because of all the silly and stupid things you do, but pride goes before destruction because if you're proud, God actually resists you. And it says it again in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, that Damon read for us just a minute ago. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. We've been told twice in the Scriptures here that we looked at this morning that God resists the humble. And we're told that word that is used there of resisting someone is the, the word, uh, carries the idea of going to battle against them. Not only does God not like somebody who's proud, God is going to battle against them it's, is the idea that God is in, setting in battle array against the person who's proud. Now let me ask you the question this morning. Do you want God to resist you? Do you want him to be against you? 
Do you want to be on the other side of a fight against God? If you've got pride in your life, God is telling you that that's where you find yourself. It's scary. Pride is a very, very serious problem. And if we're honest with ourselves, can't we all say that we've struggled with pride in the past or maybe even still? That there is some pride in our life? Instead of dealing with pride decisively and saying, pride, you're out of here, instead of declaring war against pride, we sign a treaty with it. And we say, pride, you can stay around as long as you don't let other people notice you. As long as you don't come out on Sunday. As long as you don't mess up my game face. As long as other people can't see pride. And as long as I can hide it, you can stay around. But instead, we need to get pride out of our lives completely. God resists the proud. He sets himself in battle array against the people who are proud. Why does he do that? Some of the reasons we want to look at this morning are that pride causes us to fail to be thankful. It leads to a, be, to a failure to thank. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning verse 11, the children of Israel are getting ready to go into the land of promise. And when they get there, God says, you've got to be careful of this thing about pride. It's going to get in your way. It's going to mess you up. And it's going to cause you to forsake me because of your pride. In verse 11 of Deuteronomy 8, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command you this day. So don't forget God. Why? Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget thy God. They're going to get proud. They're going to look at all the stuff that they have, and they're going to forget God. He brought them out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of a rock of flint, who, fled, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee, and do, do, do thee good at thy latter end. And thou shalt say in thy heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is thee, or he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware to thy fathers, as it is this day. The children of Israel were going into the land of promise with nothing. They had been delivered from captivity where they were in a terrible condition. They were going to the land of promise and they were going to have everything. And instead of being humbled by that and thankful to God, they were instead going to get lifted up with pride. And they were going to become unthankful. And they were going to forget God. They were going to forsake His commandments. And they were going to be destroyed as a result of that. The pride was going to cause them to not be thankful. We know how foolish it is when we look at the Israelites, but isn't it just as foolish with us? We've been given everything. We've been blessed abundantly, as Trent mentioned in his prayer before Bible class this morning. More than we deserve. We don't deserve anything, do we? And God has given us everything. And it led the children of Israel away from God. It caused them to forsake God and be destroyed. And it causes people today to forget God, to be led away from God, and be destroyed. It goes something like this. A guy works hard, goes to work every day, saves money, has a little bit extra money, and so what does he do? He goes and buys a boat. Boats are a lot of fun. 
And Sundays are a great day to use your boat. A day like today would be a great day to be out on your boat in the water, wouldn't it? And he thinks to himself, you know, I've been working pretty hard. I've saved up all this money. I bought this boat. I ought to be able to go out and use it on Sunday. Instead of being thankful to God for his boat and worshiping God on Sunday, no, he takes his boat and he goes to the lake. Or maybe a family works awful hard to provide for their needs and the needs of their family. They're industrious and diligent. They don't lead you to frivolous life. They work on a budget and try and stick to that budget. When it comes time to give back to the Lord on Sunday, they stop and think, you know, I've been working awful hard for this. I shouldn't have to give this back to God. Instead of being thankful, they are proud, thinking of what they've done, and they forget God and forsake His commandments. Now, this is a very, very serious problem. Paul illustrates it this way in Romans chapter 1, verse 21 again. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Paul says that this pride that people have causes them to be unthankful. And when they're unthankful, we know all the sins that followed there in Romans chapter 1 of the terrible things that they were doing. Pride is a terrible thing because it causes us to be unthankful. Are you unthankful? Stop and ask yourself that question, really. Are you unthankful? Is it, a, is it because maybe you think you deserve better than what you've got in this life, that you're not thankful with what you've got? Is your pride cause you to think you, you really deserve better than what you've got? Or is your pride causing you to be discontented with all the blessings that God has given you because you know you really do deserve better than that? You work harder than what you, you have to show for it today. Are you proud? God resists the proud because it causes people to be unthankful. God also resists the proud because it causes people to fail to serve. God has called His children to be servants of others. But proud people can't serve the way that God wants them to serve. Now, proud people can serve, and proud people serve every day. But proud people can't serve others the way that God wants them to serve others. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, we read about some proud people serving. And they're serving others, but notice how they do it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. There are a lot of proud people in Jesus' day, and there are a lot of proud people today who are serving others, but they're doing it. Not because God wants them to do it, but they're doing it so that other people will see them and say, wow, look at him. Look at her. They are incredible Christians. They are going above and beyond. What wonderful people. They're doing it for the recognition. That's not what God wants, is it? 
In Philippians chapter 2, we read how Christ served and, the, and is the, the, the humble service that God wants us to emulate in our lives today. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What was there in it for Christ? Was Christ in it so other people could see how good he hung on that cross? There was nothing in it for Christ. His servant wasn't his service wasn't about what he got out of it. His service was humble service to others. Do you have trouble serving others as you should? Stop and think about it. Do you have trouble serving others as you should? Do you have trouble serving others if no one else will find out about it? Or does that make it harder? Does that make it hard if you're doing something that nobody else will ever find out about it? Or do you sort of hope that when you do something that somebody might, might see and might notice it, might give you a pat on the back? Do you want to be known for how serving you are? Do you want some kind of recognition for that? Is it hard for you to be put out by some, having to do something for someone else? You know, it's really inconvenient for me. i got other things I'd rather be doing right now. Is that hard for you? Or do you begrudge doing something for someone else because you think, well, they really don't deserve this from me? You know, I, the, I'm better than this. They, they, don't, they really don't deserve this. Is your pride keeping you from serving like you should? God resists those who are proud because they don't serve like Jesus served. God resists the proud... And you have to bear with me here. This, I guess, is a sermon thing. You've got to start them with the same word, and you got to, they have to be sort of the same. So, the people who are proud fail to observe. And what they fail to observe is the sins in their own lives. Look at Luke chapter 18, verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as the other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. This publican was in the crosshairs of Jesus' condemnation, but he had no idea, did he? He was so proud that he couldn't see all of his faults. All that he could see was how much better he was than everybody else. The church at Laodicea had similar problems. They were proud, and they thought everything was just fine and dandy. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest that thou art, art that, not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. The church at Laodicea thought they had everything going. That they were just right with God. And God said, you're terrible and pathetic and miserable. And they had no idea. 
Our pride gets in the way of us seeing things the way that we really are. Are you having trouble seeing your own faults? Well, that's a hard question to answer, isn't it? Because if I'm proud and lifted up, I won't see my faults. Let's ask these questions, looking at the two examples we looked at this morning. To help us determine if we might have some pride that's getting in the way of us objectively viewing ourselves. How about the Pharisee? Are we like the Pharisee? Are we determining our standing with God by looking at others? When we want to know if we're doing all right, if we're right with God, do we say, oh, I'm better than him. I'm doing a lot better than her. I'm better than all those people over there. Are we proud? Is it keeping us from seeing how we really are? Or are we like the Laodiceans? Are we looking at all the good things in our lives rather than looking at the deficiencies? The Laodiceans said, oh, we're rich, we're increased with goods, we don't need anything. Are you like that? Are you gauging your spiritual health by saying, well, I go to church on Sunday. Oh, I don't cuss like I used to. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm all right, I'm good. Our pride gets in the way of us objectively seeing ourselves. God resists those who are proud because they don't see their faults like they should. Furthermore, as we think about pride and realizing that God stands in opposition to those who are proud, He resists the proud. You're on the wrong side of the fight. If you're proud, God's against you. God resists the proud because pride leads to a failure to trust. We live in a society today in America that teaches us to be self-reliant, to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, that we don't need anybody to help us, and that's the American way. I can do it myself. And this is based upon pride many times. The picture in America today is not unlike it was in the first century when Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge those that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now notice, high-mindedness or pride is closely connected with not trusting in God. God Paul was telling the rich people in here, he said, don't be, don't be proud. Don't stop trusting in God. Notice who David says trust in God in, verse, in, in the 34th Psalm beginning of verse 8. The 34th Psalm, beginning of verse, uh, verse 1, I'm sorry. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he helped me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. What's the picture of the man who's trusting in God here? David said, this poor man cried. He says here uh, that the humble will hear. The poor and the humble will trust in God. The rich and the proud will not. Pride causes us to shift our trust away from God 
and put our trust in ourselves and our possessions or our abilities. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Pride gets in the way of that, doesn't it? Are you having trust, trouble trusting in God? Is your pride getting in the way of trusting in God? Let me ask you these questions. How do you, how do you face the uncertainties of the day? How do you face uncertain times? Do you look at your own abilities? Do you look at your health? Do you look at your possessions? Maybe check your bank account? Or do you look to God and trust in Him? Is your pride getting in the way of you trusting God like you should? Is there a challenging situation in your life that God has given you the answers to in His Word, but you're having trouble accepting that and trusting that? For example, got a difficult situation in your family with an unfaithful family member or maybe an unfaithful friend? Has God just told you how you ought to deal with that situation? Do you have enough faith to trust in God? Or is your pride getting in the way of that? Well, I think I know how I ought to handle this. I don't really need to listen to God on that one. Or what if you've got a difficult situation at work where doing what God told you to do is going to cost you your job? Do you do what God said to do? Do you trust Him enough to do what He said to do? Or are you going to handle this one on your own? Are you proud? God resists those who are proud because it keeps them from trusting Him like they should. God resists the proud because... Pride leads to a failure to submit to Him. Submitting to God or to anyone requires humility, doesn't it? We've got to be humble to submit. Psalm 10, verse 4. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. The proud person doesn't need God, does he? He's not interested in God. He's not interested in His laws. He's not interested in His will for Him. He doesn't seek God. He doesn't need Him. Pride gets in the way of that person submitting. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of God or in Christ. Pride gets in the way of us submitting to God. We know better than God. We don't need to listen to God. He said that, but I think I've got this thing figured out. If I even care to go to God's Word in my pride to figure out what I ought to do in a certain situation, when I read His Word, I'll explain it away and, and make sure that it lines up with my thinking because I know how this thing ought to shake out. I'll go to His Word and it says that, but it, doesn't, it couldn't mean that because I, got, I know what I need to do here. And so I might bend it or twist it so that I make God's will line up with my will. Pride gets in the way of us submitting to God. Are you having trouble submitting to God and His will? You know what His will is. Are you having trouble submitting to His will? God is upright in Psalm 25, verse 8. God, God are good and upright is, is the Lord. Therefore, his, He teaches sinners the way. The humble, He guides in justice. And the humble, He teaches His way. He's not teaching the pride his way, is he? The pride won't listen. 
The proud won't submit. Are you proud? Is there something in your life right now that you know isn't right, but you keep holding on to it, that you're not submitting to God in? Is it because your pride is keeping you from doing that? Is it something that you're doing, maybe something that you're thinking, something that you're saying, that you know is not right? Why aren't you submitting to God? Is it because your pride is keeping you from it? God resists those who don't submit to Him because of pride. And then finally, this morning, I want to submit to you that God resists the proud. He is in battle array against the proud because pride leads to a failure to glorify God. Pride keeps us from glorifying God like we should, from giving God the glory for everything that we have and we're able to do. In Acts chapter 12, verse 21, a gruesome account of someone who was proud. And the effects of it are just horrific. Acts 12, verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, set upon his throne and made an oration to them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. Oh, boy. That went to Herod's head, didn't it? Oh, man, you hear what he said? That's not a man talking. That's got to be a God. What a great guy he is. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Gruesome, isn't it? Herod let that go to his head. And instead of giving God the glory, he took it for himself and he was eaten by worms. I wonder how many of us would still be here today or how many of us would have been worm food a long time ago for failing to give God the glory for what we're able to do, for what we have, for what we enjoy. Are we taking the glory for ourselves? Do we want people to think, wow, this really is the voice of a God, not of a man. This guy is something special. This girl, this woman is something special. We have the attitude that Paul had in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, and I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Paul did some incredible things, didn't he? Paul gave some incredible sermons. He wrote some incredible letters. He said, it wasn't me. By the grace of, the, of God, I am what I am. Do you have that same attitude? Are you giving God the glory for all that you're able to do, or would you like to have just a little bit of it for yourself? Oh, I'll give God the glory for it, but boy, I'd like them to think I'm really something special. Are we giving God the glory? Is this a big deal? Is it a big deal when we keep a little bit of the glory for ourselves? It's a very big deal. Back in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They didn't glorify God. They didn't give God the glory. And drop down to verse 32. Notice what it says. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. These people who were proud and lifted up in their pride and weren't giving God the glory... They were worthy of destruction. And they were destroyed. 
And the same will be true for us. Are you having trouble giving God the glory? You want a little bit of it for yourself? You know, we give kids in Bible class, we give them stickers for doing something good. I'm afraid as adults, sometimes we want a sticker. We want somebody to see what we're doing. Say, well, Lord, that's something special. We want that sticker so we can wear around and everybody see how good we are. You want your sticker? You want an award? You want some recognition? Why'd you come to worship today? Did you come because you wanted somebody to see you? Did you come to glorify God and give praise to Him? Really? Why are we here? Are we giving God the glory for all that we enjoy? Are we praising Him for everything that we enjoy in our lives and in this land that we live in? With all the blessings that we enjoy, we can be praising Him and glorifying Him all day long. God resists the proud because they fail to glorify Him as they should. God hasn't minced words about this, has He? He hasn't left us wondering where He stands on the subject. He hasn't left us to wonder where he, what He thinks about us if we've got pride in our lives, if we've answered some of those questions we've asked this morning in a way that may need a little bit of work. We know where God stands. If you're proud, God is against you. He's resisting you. He's set in battle array against you. He's coming after you. Do you realize that? If you're proud, God is going to come after you. Notice Isaiah chapter 2, verse 12. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty, and upon everyone that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low. It's a scary thing, isn't it? If we've got pride in our life, God resists those who are proud. Let's all be working to get pride out of our life, in every aspect of our life. To be submissive to him to be trusting in Him, to be serving others, serving Him, and giving Him the glory for all that we're able to do. If you're here this morning and you're not living as you should, there's no better time than right now to get right with God. If we can help you with that, if you are not a Christian and want to become one, now's the perfect time for that. But if there's sin in your life that you need to correct, would you please let us know while we stand, while we sing?